This is episode 97 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm Andrew. And my name is Eli. Welcome to the program. Andrew, we have featured so many aspects of travel in the North Caucasus, but today we're going to talk about something we have not really pulled back the veil from, and Uh that is extreme experiences in the North Caucasus, extreme sports. Okay. And, you know, it made me think, I, I for one, have partaken in certain extremes, you know, a little bungee jumping here, a little whitewater rafting there. Um, Yeah. But, you know, it made me remember that um, I really like, you know, weaving extreme things into all of my life. And ever (laughs) since we started coordinating our um, recording online, not only online, but uh, over our our digital calendars, I don't know if you are aware of this, but I have... um, I've put an extreme location for each of our recording sessions. I have noticed this and like honestly just started ignoring it because I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> and this has become a sort of a conspicuous feature about our relationship, Andrew, I think, that uh, we've never really overted or talked about until this, maybe until this moment. So I thought it'd be interesting for the listeners to to hear about some of the locations because you know when you put the calendar interview the the calendar event you put the title and the time and all in <laughs> location. So I just started thinking of cool places, but these are all places that um, Andrew has clicked agree to record at and uh, about which we've never said anything. I think the first one from 2018 was the Magellan Straits. Uh huh. That was followed by the Drake Passage. I, th- I think I had ocean on my Ooh. mind, right? I read a book about the Drake Passage last year, okay, so I know that. I know people have been on it, bro. Uh-huh. Uh, that was followed by the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. From there, we next recorded at Stonehenge, then back to the ocean in the Marianas Trench, which is very, really very deep. <laughs> I um, remember the Stonehenge reference now that you, you mention it. Then we were at the DMZ. Um, the Kuiper Belt, which is an astro- astronomical reference, it's actually a, a layer in the atmosphere, <laughs> a certain height. I don't remember. It's around 100 miles. If you um, remember some technical difficulties with some of our <laughs> it might have been related. It might have to been it. when we were in the Bermuda Triangle or up in the atmosphere. That's right. Let's see. By the fall, I put down uh, Hanging Gardens of Babylon. A really <laughs> lovely place. Krypton came next. Atlantis. The Hale-Bopp Comet. Um, <laughs> do you guys remember the Hale-Bopp? The that Hale-Bopp. episode was fire. Um, the Red October, a good reference to a nice uh, Cold War era uh, <laughs> a sub. Let's see, the Higgs Field. Now, that one's pretty impressive. If you know anything about the Higgs Field. Uh, let's see, the Outback. Vega, I guess just out in Vega. The Rings of Saturn. <laughs> CERN. Do you know what CERN is? C-E-R-N. I'm, I'm going to say I'm blanking on about half of these, Eli. So <laughs> you agreed. They've all got the check, check mark. So CERN <laughs> is, I don't remember what it stands for, but it is an, uh, an underground laboratory that straddles the border of France and Switzerland. And it's like three miles underground or something crazy. And they do, uh, they have accelerator, they have particle accelerators down there and they smash atoms and measure quarks and leptons and these kinds of things. So that was uh-huh. um, Biosphere 2. <laughs> Located in the state of Arizona. This was, mm-hmm. the biosphere was an, an experiment to see if they could create 
um, a self-contained ecosystem for humans to live in. And so they put people in for a year, you know, and they're supposed to like recycle all their water, all their oxygen with plants. And, and it was sort of like for, for when we colonize Mars or something. Um, and it didn't work because as I recall, they didn't account for the concrete in the construction oxidizing. Oh my. So it was sucking oxygen out of the system and it was sinking oxygen and they didn't account for that. Thor's hole, this is we're almost done here guys. <laughs> Thor's hole is is on the Oregon coast and it's this um sinkhole in the ocean so it just when you stand there it just looks like the ocean is eternally like being sucked into this drain. It's really interesting. Um we've got wow. um Mimer's Spring, which is again referring back to Norse mythology, and then oh, that's today. That's today, and just before yes. today, our our most extreme location was Andrew's dad's closet. <laughs> I just, you know, it was fun to go uh, look back through that list. It's fun to think of extreme locations, and um, you know, I think we should we should keep it going. I think you don't, you never need to mention it, Andrew. You don't need to say I anything. Think, you don't need to acknowledge. I'll just I keep think it going. The only one of those things I am better acquainted with than you is my dad's closet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you would you would top me on all the other ones. Listeners, if you want a very weird kind of sideways uh, shout out, you can go ahead and email us and suggest your own <laughs> locations. They must be real or known. You know, it can't be like my sock drawer because that's not a thing. But, you know, uh, like Thor's hole is a thing and uh, Stonehenge. So if you have other places that are uh, are you know, proper names kind of go ahead and, and then we'll, we'll shout, shout out to you in those locations or if this kind of humor totally does nothing for you and <laughs> your impression of me is only going down. Well, I've lived with that for a long time. So I was, I was looking for the emoji I could send to you where the guy's like raising his hand when you said that. <laughs> Instead, Andrew sends me the emoji of the hand over the mouth. Stop. Just, I think we're done. Uh, no, not really. Well, Eli, I will say, um, that's a good transition because <laughs> I do like um, extreme, beautiful places, a place you can go, touch, see, feel, do. And the North Caucasus is ex- is full of places like that where you can have extreme experiences. Both extreme so, and real. Yeah. Our guest today um, is an expert in that. He uh, really makes his livelihood on uh, taking travelers uh, around and experiencing those things. So enjoy this top 10 list, maybe the first ever made, of extreme experiences in the North Caucasus. Work it, make it, do it, makes us. So, Eli, we have talked throughout the history of this podcast about the amazing mountains there are here in the Caucasus. Um, we did Beauty, actually... yes. We've done separate episodes about some of the cool things you can do here. We did multiple episodes about climbing Mount Elbrus. That's right, we, skiing. We dedicated, yeah, we did one about skiing, and we've talked about the other activities. But today we are diving deep into all of the extreme sports or kind of adrenaline producing activities you can do in the North Caucasus. Yeah. It's not only MMA. That's not, you know, the only thing that happens around <laughs> Punch here. Punch people guys, in the face. Just so everyone knows though. That probably is an adrenaline rush too. If yeah. you're not used to it. So, um, 
got a great guest on the show today, and I'm proud to say one of our listeners. Give it up for Misha from the North Caucasus. Woo! Welcome, Misha. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Misha, for our non-Russian-speaking friends, what is the English equivalent of the name Misha? So Misha, it's a short way to say uh, name Mikhail, which is a Mikhail, for example, or Mike or Michael. Oh, so so when English speakers come, do you, they call you Misha or Mike? Uh, it's different. Some of them call me Misha. Most of them call me Misha because everybody around me call me Misha because it's not popular to to call the friend Mikhail. It's more official. Right. But uh-huh. if I want to look more cool, you know, for guests, I say, okay, my name is Mike. It's Eric. Mike. Mike. <laughs> it sounds cool. Misha, All what right. was your what is your father's name? Uh, Yuri. Yuri. So you should start having your tourists call you Mikhail Yurovich. Yurovich, that's right. Yeah, that them would try be that like for size. That would if you wanted to say him say his name formally, uh, if you didn't know him, you'd have to say that whole name. You'd have to say Mikhail Yurovich. Yeah. Well, Misha, uh, we're glad to have you here. Um, tell our listeners a little about you, yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? Yeah. Okay. So I was born in, in North Caucasus in different city, Georgivsk, which is a close mm. place where I live now. And uh, most of the life I live in the North Caucasus. And I'm a lawyer by education. Uh, but okay. last four years, four or five years, I run my tourism company. And uh, I organize Jeep tours in the mountains and work as a guide. Now, were you a practicing lawyer first out of university? Did you practice law and then move to tourism? Yeah, I used to work as a lawyer for six years, I guess, in the category. Oh, wow. Wow. So, so what you're telling me is after six years of, of practicing law in the North Caucasus, you were willing to go jump off cliffs. I got it. Okay. <laughs> it's clear. <laughs> it's okay. My dad's a lawyer. My brother's a lawyer. I, to- I, I do understand, really. I- uh-huh. Sorry, my parents are lawyer. My sister is lawyer. My uh, uh, cousin, both of my cousins yeah. are lawyers. So I, I'm bored about it. Do do uh-huh. Russians make fun of lawyers like we do in America? All there's there's a whole kind a whole class of jokes that are just lawyer jokes. Do you guys have those? Uh, we have some, yeah. Like, what's the difference between a run over skunk in the middle of the road and a run over <laughs> lawyer? <laughs> what? Well, there there's skid marks in front of the skunk because <laughs> they you know they tried to stop. All right, never mind. Enough with the lawyer jokes. Uh, so Misha, uh, you've been doing uh, tourism in the mountains for years. Tell us about like who are some of the different groups of foreigners who are coming to the Caucasus to do these more extreme activities from what countries, etc. So I met uh, guys from from different countries, uh, but most of my clients for uh, last three years have been Israelis people. So uh-huh. I worked with my Israeli partners and we run together the company itself, Drive Jeeping, where the guys will come in and take our Jeeps and drive them with us through the mountains. But uh, also some some guys from India have been here and uh, from, from, hmm. from China, of course. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I think 
many of our listeners are from uh, Europe or the United States or, yeah, the Western Hemisphere, basically. And it's easy to get in this mindset that those are the people traveling to the region mainly. But what I mean, everywhere you just mentioned are from totally different parts of the world. And that that's true. They're from all over the world. People are coming to the Caucasus to experiencing it. Yeah, it's just it just started. I, I guess like five years ago, it was not so popular among the international tourists. But last years, uh, it's they start to come here, and they're great. They're great for the region. They're great for the local peoples. Absolutely. Cool. So, Misha, uh, you are going to walk us through your top 10 uh, adventure activities or extreme activities to do in the North Caucasus today. I'm excited. So, listeners, Eli and I don't know what activities he's going to list off, but we're going to, we really want this to be a resource for you if you do come visit where you can do these things, how to connect with these people. So, you ready to go? Yep, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Start us off. Number 10. Okay, number 10. So, oh, by the way, can I can I uh, mention one more thing? Because if I will not do it, uh, one person will kill me probably. Let's do it. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, Former client. Yeah. <laughs> I've recently been married. <laughs> oh! Guys, he is like looking down, reading the notes. He's like, I have recently... Is it in someone else's handwriting? Because that's okay if it is. It's, uh, on the block. Yeah, yeah, on your hand, like scratched in. You are... Congratulations, and who's the lucky the lucky girl? So that, that like a girl from Ural Mountains. She's named Maria. And Maria. Maria. I organize Jeep tours, but uh, she likes the active lifestyle as me so together uh, we opened our own uh, new project and we named it named it m and m's tours like misha and maria tour oh cute that's really cute that's misha good. and masha it's awesome masha okay guys sorry so all right Ma- masha we got no your shout apologies out. needed <laughs> i know you will listen that podcast you know masha just so you know before we started recording he told us that you were you had started the conversation about you know having kids and we told him we weren't going to put that on the air that <laughs> you know so we're not going to say anything but i just want you to know masha since you're listening that this is on his mind and he was happy he was smiling so i think that's uh... good go for it all right number 10 maybe that hey there it is shout out to masha I, extreme extreme sport number one has to be having kids. But besides that, <laughs> all right, I'm cutting Love it. that. All right, number ten. Here we go. We're done. Uh, number ten, um, zipline. So, all right, zipline. Uh, you can fly in over the gorge or over a lake, straight to a tight rope. And in the Caucasus, you have a lot of place to do it. For example, in Karachay, Cherkessia Republic. You can fly over the gorge, uh, which called Honey Waterfalls, and it's the longest zip line in Russia. Also, wow. yep, it's uh, 1,050 meters, which is, uh, I guess, 3,400 feet. Yeah. Whoa, that's over half a mile long. Yeah. <whistles> also, you can do in Dagestan as well, in Hunzakh village. Yeah, I saw a video of that last week. Yep. It's amazing looking. Is that over there, the waterfall there in Hunzak? Yep. I don't think, 
It, is it directly over? It's like uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell. Over the gorge. It's not, uh-huh. cool. not directly over the the waterfall. Okay. Cool. And also in the Chechen Republic, the Lake Kizinoya Arm, which is on the border between Dagestan and Chechen Republic. So that's amazing also a location for zipline. Wow. That's great. I mean, that's that's a good one to start. Uh, I think most people, at least in the West, are familiar with what zip lining, lining is. They may have done it at a summer camp or something. But, I mean, these are serious, like, high up in the mountains, long distances. These are, that's, that's cool. Yep. And you get, you know, you get uh, harnessed in and all this. You know, It's not like you're hanging on to a, a handle or something and flying out over the, <laughs> the precipice. The sh- you know, the ship- shipperman? Who, uh-huh. So Chaban in, uh, in a, ah the shepherds the shepherds yeah they take a rope from the sheep and and put on your hands so you kind of it's pretty safety huh so oh. those are you mentioned three are those the three places to do that in the north <laughs> I was like okay moving on <laughs> moving on <laughs> no 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 the video I saw in Hunzak you know they've got they got the stations at either end they've got radios they've got a big metal tower and they've got oh, the harness goodness. and the the shepherds were not involved. Uh, all these zip, all these zip lines designed by authentic Caucasus shepherds high up in the mountains. Um, now, so you mentioned three. Are those the three places you can do it? Are there any other places where their zip lining is available in the North Caucasus? There's three places which came to my mind. I guess it's much more places, but I I, I didn't see it before. Uh, before. Right. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard of any, but that doesn't mean there aren't some. But those, yeah, great. That's great. Okay, zip lining number ten. How about number nine? Number nine. It's a hot air ballooning. <gasps> oh. So yes. It's not kind of sport, but that's amazing experience. You float in the air in the basket. I've done once it at school, and in, even uh, uh, almost in every republic in North Caucasus. Uh, you can do it, and uh, near my area where I live, it's an annual balloon festival is held. So it's dozens of balloons in the sky, beautiful. I remember that now in in Pitigorsk. I remember seeing balloons over the city yeah. a couple times. Yeah. Wow. So I like this one, Misha, because it's really accessible to everybody. Um, you don't have to have any kind of certain level of physical fitness or experience. Uh, what about in the, so yeah, the Pitigorsk area, you can do it, Mount Beshtau, Mount Mashuk, that area. Do you have a favorite area you've done it or had clients do it in the mountains in the North Caucasus? Yeah, uh, once um, uh, our clients done it in the North Ossetia Alania Republic. So they're cool. flying over their necropolis of the uh, city of the dead, Dargavs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it was beautiful. I I I done it in my area uh, nearby Pitigorsk, by but they they said it was amazing experience. That's great. Okay, hot air ballooning. That was I was not expecting that one. So already surprises, full of surprises, plus the shepherd joke. Um, <laughs> it was a close call. All right, all right, great. So number nine, hot air ballooning. Number eight. Number eight, white water rafting. Now, this one we really got to get into more, and I am dying to do it because I grew up doing a lot of a fair amount of white water rafting. I've done it out west in the U.S. on in the east. I've done uh, 
whitewater canoeing. I, it's, I love the sport, and there are these amazing rivers. So I want to hear more about this. Where do you go to do this? What are your recommendations? Uh, I guess it's a lot of places, but uh, for do rafting here, because it's uh, lots of mountain rivers, and they're flowing from glaciers. Right. Huh. They're amazing. But I, I did it in uh, two regions of North Caucasus. So it's in the Digia Republic. It's uh, Adigea, Adigea. Adigea, yeah. yeah. There's mm-hmm. the Bella White River. Mm. And uh, uh, every, every summer uh, we done it almost in each tour in Karachayo, Cherkesia, in Arhiz area. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's I've heard about it. It's uh, uh, equipment rental p- uh, points there and instructors, so it's safety. The categories from one to four. It mm-hmm. depends on the level of water. So uh, it's fun, it's safety, and it's, uh, it's an amazing experience for the it makes. So a question about that. There, I, I'm familiar with two kinds of rafting. One of them has a, an oarman with long oars, and he's the only one uh, rowing. And he rows, and the others sit as passengers and enjoy the ride. And then the other is a paddle boat where there are six or eight people sitting on the edges, each with a paddle, paddling. Yeah. What kinds of rafts are available in Archis or in... Paddle. Eight. uh, Everyone paddling. So you're in in the action, not just riding along. Excellent. And the instructors there, they have a kind of interesting uh, sense of humor. So they (laughs) ought to the... Uh, rocks and something like that. Oh, it's past our day. Screaming. <laughs> 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 kind of like the shepherds at the zip lines. Um, Andrew, didn't Shannon say that they were had some tours with uh, Elbrus Elevation or developing tours in the East Caucasus with rafting, or maybe that was just fishing? Well, uh, I know they work primarily in Kabardino Bokore and Karachay Cherkessia. So I wonder if some of their rafting wasn't there in Arhis. Uh-huh. Um, I do know in Chechnya, in the Argun Gorge, in the mountains, they have rafting. And we had a group of tourists uh, do rafting there. So I have, personally have not done it, but we had I have videos of our tourists doing it, and they had a great experience as well. Oh, okay. oh cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that, you know, there could be others. Like Eli said, there are lots of mountain rivers in the Caucasus, but... Those are I didn't know about Adigea, so thank you for that reference, Misha. And then I had heard about Arhiz, and I know about Chechnya. So, yeah, what, listeners, we'll really try to have some like links, probably if anything, to Instagram pages where yeah. you could connect to those doing this. Great. Uh, all right. So number eight, whitewater rafting. How about number seven? Number seven. Let's uh, rope jumping. Rope jumping. Uh-huh. Rope jumping. Uh-huh. Are... What is rope jumping? So rope jumping, it's uh, where you uh, jump off the cliff. <laughs> with the same rope, like zipline. <laughs> no, joke, not the same rope. <laughs> but with the special equipment from the cliff, and the height of the cliff can be different. I've done it first time for now. Uh, this... Uh. And it was 240 meters, it, I guess almost 800 feet cliff. Is this like rappelling? Um, 
In other words, it's not you're not talking about bungee jumping, are you? I think this is closer to bungee jumping. What it's he's saying. Close to the bungee jumping, but they use a different kind of rope. So for bungee jumping, they use kind of uh, much more stretching rope, and for rope jumping, they use different rope. So explain how how it works. Is the rope? Are you? Do you jump where the rope is tied, or is it? Do you swing? Is it like a giant swing? No, you really jump. You like jump with the you know. Like you jump from the airplane, so you jump uh-huh. all the way down. You not jump like uh, free falling. Yeah, it's a free falling. And uh, for me, two hundred forty meters, so it was seven seconds free falling. Seven seconds, you just uh, falling down, and then wow. okay. it slowly start to like to catch you after seven seconds. Oh wow. <laughs> I where, saw. A, where is it, I saw a where video is it connected to you? To your legs or to your harness or? So, oh, there's one more difference between uh, bungee jumping. As I know, bungee jumping they connect you to the legs mostly. Yes. Here, rope jumping they connect you or on the chest or on the neck. On the back. On, on the on the on the back. Yeah, on the back or <laughs> or uh-huh. the, your chest. On the chest. Yeah. 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 I've never even heard of this. This is a, this is kind of blowing my circuits right now. That's wow! Interesting, pretty scary thing. We we done it with the group this summer of ten people. It was first time for them, and and some of the girls were standing on the bridge. So fir- first, you go to the bridge, and uh, it's kind of three meters, two meters bridge, and you stand like the there. the plank, walk the plank. Yeah, well, yeah, and you need to jump really. So if you want to fly, like. You know, in comfortable position, but you need to jump in a in a certain shape. You know, your body has yes. a certain shape, and you will feel everything. But some people afraid, and they ask instructors to push them. And <laughs> first, ask them push them, but when instructors push them, they start to catch instructor, and they shape. <laughs> they fly like you know, like a stone, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. end over end. So at the bottom, I guess what I'm trying to understand, the rope doesn't just go, doesn't just catch you sharp and stop you. That would break the rope. Like there, there's some amount of, the rope kind of swings you at the bottom, yeah. is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. So they have another rope in another side of the gorge. So it's kind of, ah. when you jump from here, you falling down and then another rope in the other side of the gorge catch you here. Oh, ah, gotcha. I see. Okay, so we're doing hand motions, and our listeners can't quite see it. But he's saying if you if you have your two hands up next to each other, one falls down, but the rope attached to this is not going to help. <laughs> Touch the other <laughs> side. Anyway, it pulls you before you hit the the bottom of the of the rope, and before it swings you. you. So there, there's no yeah. sharp. Obviously, there's no sharp impact. Up, you know, a, a seven second free fall would hurt you if that happened wow so yeah yeah, yeah obviously so uh, where, but, but it's not bouncy do- like bungee no no oh my oh. gosh so where is this uh available accessible in the north caucasus misha uh in north caucasus uh, that's accessible everywhere in each cliff if you ask the instructors to to make this all this equipment so uh, for example for our jump we asked the guys from St. Petersburg it's a special team who works with these kind of things so they came to the region into Karachayo Cherkessia to Chigem Gorge 
and they uh Cabardino Balcaria, right? Check him. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, sorry, Cabardino Balcaria. Yeah. So they chose the special cliff and made all the equipment and we come to there. And also in the Chegem Gorge, it's a um, paragliding uh, area and they have 50 meters uh, bridge. So it's a regular, uh, regularly uh, guys can do it, can jump from 50 meters. Uh-huh. So is this like a, is there kind of a, rope junk, jumping station that's always there or you actually just called this guys from St. Petersburg specific for a team so 50 or meters, a group of tourists 50 meters rope jumping uh, it's yeah. always there uh-huh and uh, for another uh, another height you you have to ask like the local guys in this paragliding area where now it's uh, accessible so because um, always some some people jump from one cliff and from one head and then uh, from another uh, cliff. So it has to be uh, safety. That's why they uh, fix it and uh, check. Uh-huh. So before you jump, you need to ask right. of course. to fix everything. Sure. Man, so that's kind of the Ooh. end of the Chegem Valley in Cabardino Bulcaria. That I've never heard of any tourists doing that, so that's a new one for me. That's that's intense right there. Good stuff. <laughs> Have you you've done that? You said that one time, the two hundred meter. Yeah, that was wow. first time. I don't know, maybe last time. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you ask me now, do you want to jump? I I'll answer it. I'll I'll need to think about it really, because it was- is that because. It- so intense it's so intense and you need to be in a uh you know in a certain uh shape on in your mind so you need absolutely because you i've been waiting uh there it was 10 tourists before me jumping and i was waiting a few hours on the cliff just standing there and you're standing and you think about it okay so i will i will jump and it's kind of you know you need to go through it in your mind and uh, yeah, wow. some, some of the guys do it on the bridge, already standing there, and it's pre- you can see how scary it's for them. But some, like me, I was not uh, like I was not waiting because it was fifty tourists in the bus waiting me. I just came like okay, I can jump, 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 and I'm jumped. So it's, it's changed something in your mind a little bit. Uh, I don't know what exactly, but you feel you feel more free, maybe you know after that that you done some something that you you probably never done. Yeah, <laughs> Pro- probably. <laughs> yeah. Unless. All right, Good. rope jumping. We're only Good at stuff. number seven. Wow. All right, okay. that was number seven. Yeah. All right. So how about <laughs> number six? Number six, uh, here I have listed several activities of the same focus. So it's uh, cycling, enduro, ATV, and mountain bike. Excellent. What was the second one? Enduro? Enduro. Uh-huh. It's a m- mount- mountain motorbike uh, type. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. So, I was going to say that this is a good one. The Rope jumping is a hard act to follow, so tell us more about this. Uh, so it's a lot of mountains here, alpine fields, endless spaces, and uh, a lot of directions and attractions you can travel on this kind of things, on a cycle, right. motorcycle. And it's uh, 
uh, rental points in the cities. So you can okay. also order uh, instructor and uh, drive wherever you want. Cool. Okay. Are there certain republics or areas in the mountains where there are some good trails to do this on? Uh, I'll say that Karachayo, Cherkesia, Kabardina, Balkaria, uh, uh, it's pretty comfortable uh, mm-hmm. for it. And for cycling, it's uh, the area where I live. It's a calm, cal- Caucasian mineral water region, which between cities and mountains, uh, you can cycle, uh, cycling on the Cherenkur, uh, which is a, like healing path in the, uh, along, along the mountains. Yeah. Yeah, they have those all he- over the, the Kislevotsk Park. That's uh, uh, Terenkori. Yeah. Uh, Terenkor. Uh-huh, got it. I mean, even on Mount Mashuk in Pitigorsk, when the weather turned warm, the bicycle rentals were out. People could rent bikes. You can bike to the top or take the gondola up, uh, the Kanatka, and then and then do a, a short uh, mountain bike course down. I mean, there there's actually like a map on just that little hill of all these different trails that you can do. So this is, I think this strikes me as as a pretty popular one locally. Yeah, absolutely. And they plan to, like government plan to to, to open the new route. It will be the longest uh, path for the, it will, it will be called Velo Tirinkur, like a healing path mm-hmm. for bicycles. And it's going to be 75 kilometers and connected to all the mountains or like Mashuk, Bishtau, and all the cities around Petigor. Oh, that's a great idea. Huh. Yep. That's good. Very cool. So, uh, <laughs> Misha, there's two we can kind of distinguish here. There's like what you're talking about is more of more of like a concrete bike trail, right? Not a quite touring. as intense. Yeah. Uh, more accessible, but there's also like mountain biking up in the mountains on trails where you have more potential to get hurt. So both of those things are happening, correct? Andrew, more potential to have fun, man. (laughs) Yep. That's both, both things you can do here. And, uh, uh, for example, last year, uh, the Russian mountain bike championship was in Archis in, uh, Karachayo, Cherkesia. They made a special routes and bridges for for mountain bikes, and I, and you can see a lot of uh, during the summer a lot of uh, guys in the mountains like Beshtau and Mashuk also driving down on their mountain bike. Right. Cool. So you said the cities are the points where you can rent the equipment. Are you talking about like Kislovodsk, Pitigorsk, Nalchik, places like that? Yep. Very good. Okay. That's great. So, yeah, you don't have to bring your bike here. Um, hopefully, uh, you could find a good place to rent some equipment if you did want to do that. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. How about number five? Okay. Dalche. Number five, it's uh, rock climbing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Caucasian mountains. It's a lot of mountains here. 30 peaks about uh, above 14,000 feet. Wow. Like North Caucasus, it's like Alaska for climbers, but much warmer. (laughs) (laughs) Great description. Uh, We have a Bezengi region in Kabardino-Balkaria, which is a paradise for climbers. It has six peaks above 16,400 feet, which is 5,000 meters. And, of course, Elbrus. The highest peak in Europe, and uh, a lot of 
a lot of international tourists uh, coming especially to climb the Elbrus. So, so are you con- are you connecting rock climbing and mountaineering together, alpinism and skalaznia, like yeah. in one, yeah. yeah, together. So just for those who care, the distinction, you know, there's rock, there's climbing rock faces and technical climbing of, of grade five and above, Yosemite scale. But then there's also, there's much more, I think, mountaineering or alpinism of mixed climbing, you know, hiking, sometimes snow or ice, sometimes rock, um, but not, not just pure cliffs you know yeah 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 We're, alpinism is really popular in russia uh for yeah. sure and i think throughout the north caucasus yeah um, true it's many alpine camps have been operating since soviet times here yeah uh-huh misha would you i mean i'm assuming there have to be just accessible rock faces for climbing all over the region are there a couple like top places that are popular and safe and that are good for rock climbers to visit uh you mean like uh, climb the the cliff this yes the cliff, yeah. that's right yeah so as i know that's a bizengi area okay it's a bizengi area in kabardino balkaria so every every uh, everyone goes there for for training. Uh-huh. It's uh, of course much more areas, and uh, you can find alpine camps in, almost in the every region, every republic of North Caucasus. In the North Ossetia, Alania, it's also very popular. Okay. And I can say for visitors to both Pitigorsk and Mahachkala, because now I've, there are small uh, cliffs that are very accessible and really fun, easy to do in a half day. And, you know, if you travel with a rope and a harness, that's all you need. You know, you don't need a big rack. You can get to the top. You can top rope them. But there's one right on Mashuk that was an old stone quarry. And so it's cut out with these very vertical faces, and they range in difficulty. But I used to take my kids there. But even in a place like Mahachkala, there's you know, some small cliffs right on the edge of the city that you can get to very easily and have a good time climbing. So it takes a little local, you know, um, pathfinding. Yeah. Right. But it's definitely accessible if you're not going to mount a full expedition out into the mountains. Yeah, yeah, that's true, absolutely. In Bishtau Mountain, also, it's some rocks where you can mm-hmm. climb if you, if, you, if you can get how to do it. Yeah. So Misha, you let me talk about Bezengi here for a minute. Huh? Uh, as far as I know, the Bezengi region is uh, has been called the uh, Little Himalayas. I've heard it labeled that before, <laughs> but kind of like the Caucasus, this little cluster of the best peaks for rock climbing. And uh, so to, that's in Kabardino Balkaria. You have to, ha- if you're a foreigner, you have to have a border permit to get there. But this is like the Alpine camp where most Russian mountain guides get their training and certifications is there in Bezengi. And then as as far as I understand, it's the best climbing for more experienced climbers. Can you confirm that Misha? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. That's uh, difficult. Uh, Like it's not for just tourists. It's an area for sportsmen and you need to have permission, which is not so difficult to get. You need just uh, 30 days uh, before ask about that. Right. Right. Uh, 
So yeah, it's for sportsmen, for professionals, but uh, all that area, all, all the North Caucasus region, they're full of the alpine uh, camps, and uh, and uh, you can you can choose on your categories on your level of the climbing the area. So just you, you need just to uh, to ask professionals, and they will support you. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um... Let me ask, Misha, so you are putting climbing Mount Elbrus into this category, right? Number five, yeah. rock climbing and mountaineering. Okay, so listeners, let's just clarify here. Europe's highest peak, getting to the top of it, is number five of extreme things you can do in the North Caucasus. <laughs> and we've already done rope jumping, so... And I mean, we could we could really dig down on Elbrus. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast, but yeah, this is a big destination, obviously for mountain climbers, right. trekkers, mountaineers. It's elementary mountaineering. You're getting past trekking. You wear crampons. You use ice axe. It's all in snow at the top, but that's a very extreme activity, up to eighteen thousand five hundred ten feet. Yeah, but I like it. But uh, my my top uh, ten is not re- really extreme sports. My top ten it's uh, North Caucasus adventures. There uh-huh. we go. There we go. We have a lot of adventures right. here, not extreme sports. We are not crazy. Well, I think I mean you're. This is great because I think for many people, the only adventure they really know in the North Caucasus is Mount right. Elbrus. So you're really expanding people's horizons here. Yeah, his number two, he hasn't said it yet, but it's like one of the fermented milks. I mean, that's like way up there. <laughs> just, just tasting it. All right, let's keep going. Number great. four. Okay. Are we at number four? Number four, I have number four. It's uh, paragliding. Yeah. All right. I would, I would love to do that. Yeah. Uh, that's that's amazing. Uh, you you flying, uh, you flying. Sometimes you flying about the eagles, and you know they use the same kind of uh, feeling to the wind. So they yep. they kind of catch the wind and uh, flo- floating on the wind, uh, and the wow, the works the same way. So my my wife is a, she learning how to be a paraglider pilot, and she. She told me that when you're paragliding, when you're flying, and you see the eagle under the you, so you can just catch the his track, track of the eagle, uh-huh. and just yep. follow the eagle. So that will be the same uh, updraft of the air rising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, That's Andrew, awesome. have you ever done this? I mean, I know you've sent tourists to do this. <laughs> no, we've had. Uh, <laughs> I have not. We've had a lot of tourist groups do it. And this is one of those things also that's really all over the region. What would you say are kind of the the top paragliding spots, Misha? So their top paragliding spots, it's the same Chegem Gorse where you're going to jump with the rope jumping. Uh, they held the annual uh, paragliding championship of Russia as well there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's Kambardino Balkaria. Also in North Ossetia, Alanya Republic, you can fly in... Uh, about the Dargavs, where you can fly balloon, and the same—it's kind of the same area, uh, which little bit uh, infrastructure like Archis. Also, you can fly in Archis. Uh, and, yeah. and Dagestan, Dagestan has beautiful, beautiful spots for it. Really, man, yeah. yeah. Do you know where in Dagestan they do that? Close to I, I know that they're close to Caspian Sea. 
sour. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah, yeah. Nearby Derbent. Even if you, you know, I know, go ahead, Eli. Well, um, he mentioned Caspian Sea. It's I've seen people do paragliding behind boats. You can also get a giant um, inflatable uh, hot dog and get pulled behind a boat. Uh, it's probably not on Misha's <laughs> list. Um, I'm not sure I'd recommend it. But yeah, is it that kind of thing? Is it behind we, the boats? We call that hot dogging. <laughs> it's a different thing. So uh, it's not an extreme sport. No, no, that's extreme sport actually. It's I, okay. more extreme than paragliding. Oh yeah! In a paragliding, you can—it's uh, uh, like two ways to paragliding. Uh, it's a short tracks when you just paraglide from the uh, mountain to the uh, to the down to down. Uh-huh. Another way, like you can um, you can uh, choose the route for uh, like one hundred kilometers, for example, and paragliding oh. to another city, to another area, another gorge. Oh my goodness! Yeah. That's pretty intense. Well, anyway, uh, so in, in Dagestan, it's near near the Caspian Sea, you're saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know. Uh, so everything you mentioned, Misha, really the end of Chegan Valley, that is the premier spot in the Caucasus yeah. uh, for paragliding. But there are many other locations. We had a group paraglide in Dumbai in the winter, and that was incredible yeah. to watch. Um and then even Pitigorsk, right outside of Pitigorsk, um, Yutsa Mountain, yeah. Utsa Mountain, that's a big hot spot right on the edge of the region where lots of people are flying all the time as well. Right, yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Wow, thank you. Is this the kind of thing you, the first time you go, you're tether, tethered in with a, a pilot or an instructor kind of a thing? Yeah, it's, you, you're flying in tandem with instructor. In tandem, right. Okay. That's cool. I think I could spring for that. All right, so paragliding, uh, number four, Mount Elbrus, eat your heart out. Paragliding beat you. Uh, how about number three? Number three, that's uh, skiing and snowboarding. Uh-huh. So there are several awesome. large ski resorts in the North Caucasus. Uh, that's a mountain Elbrus. Uh, so it's a ski resort uh, on the slope of the mountain. That's also Chiget Mountain in the, the same area as Elbrus and Kabardino Balkaria. It's a par- paradise for free ride. And uh, Dombai, Arhis, it's a beautiful, uh, lovely places for ski, for snowboarding. Uh, also, Tsei Gorge in the north of city Alania. That's uh, mm-hmm. not so popular, not so big, but really nice, very nice, calm place, beautiful area, glaciers around you. And there are several small ones as well. And uh, there are three, four hours driving each uh, from each other. And uh, each is interesting in its own way. Different Mm -hmm. landscapes, different mountains and tracks. And uh, every year there are more lifts and trails uh, opened, so it's actively developed uh-huh. here now. What is your favorite location for skiing or snowboarding? Assuming you ski or snowboard, uh, I like Arhis. Yeah, Arhis, and but you know, uh, I can say that it's uh, if I like the place where there's more snow now. So usually, uh, which 
who snowboarding skin here, we check the the level of the snow and where it's more. Sure. We go there. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. That's great. Uh, and I mean, to piggyback on that, even for the most extreme, you talk, mentioned free ride skiing. Uh, Hella skiing is available where you get airlifted deep into the mountains and free ride down. Um, that, of course, is really expensive. But I know in Arhiz, Dumbai, yeah, uh, that's accessible. And then um, some of the top kind of free ride ski tour type areas are in the border zone of Kabardino Balkaria, Adir Su, Gorge, Adil Su. So you you can ski tour and free ride without a border zone in certain areas like Chaget. But other places, if you want to go up there, you do need the border zone. So you got to prepare in advance. But yeah, like you mentioned, Kabardino Balkaria, Karcha Cherkessia, th- those really are the top skiing spots for sure. Yep. That's top for for Russians that they go to the vacation. So a, 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 lot of, a lot of people in the in the vacation spend vacation in Elbrus, Dumbai, from all over are. Right. So you mentioned I like we just moved some seasons from summer to winter with skiing <laughs> and snowboard snowboarding. Yep. Which of these other activities that you've mentioned so far can you do in the winter? I know paragliding happens in the winter. Yeah, paragliding happens in the winter. Uh, Snowmobile also you can find here. Okay. In Arhiz, in Elbrus, in Dombai. So mm-hmm. the rental points where you can get the snowmobile and drive the, all the way to Glacier or to the mountain lake. Wow. Yeah. Are you talking about um, like ATVs, like four-wheelers, or the actual snowmobiles? No, actual snowmobiles. Yeah, okay. I've done a four-wheeler in the Dumbai Teberda area in the winter and that was really really awesome. Oh. And really really and really really cold. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Andrew, I'm curious. What is the most extreme sport you've ever done? Uh, not very to or answer you your just question. just sell other people on them. I'm I mainly like, I'm like okay. Yeah, um I mean, I would never do it, but you should know. <laughs> the most extreme I've done? Uh, I mean, I've I've trekked in some, like, pretty out there places, hiking yes. hiking and yes. trekking kind of on the edge of precarious cliffs and stuff like that. But All right, Misha, your job is yeah. to get Andrew, you know, to jump off of something. I think you need – I think if you can jump <laughs> off of something, Andrew, and live to tell about it – all right, I'm dying to hear the the top of this list here. Here we go, number two. Okay, number two, uh, trekking and hiking. Oh, there you go. Yep. Uh, so look at that, Eli. Eli, I've done number two. You've done number two. <laughs> so extreme. <laughs> uh, alpine lakes and glaciers in the Karachay-Cherkessia Republic and waterfalls in the Republic of Ingushetia and. Even holy pagan places in the Republic of North Ossetia, Alania. Yes. It's in viewpoints from the rocks of Republic Adige, Adige. So right. everywhere you can get, uh, huh. mo- most of the pl- beautiful places you can get on your feet. And you don't yeah. need mm-hmm. equipment. Right. And again, you're not going necessarily the highest risk per se, but you're saying the best adventures. And this one is just... Gets you out there and it's accessible and amazing. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, you can, it's a lot of tracks 
for one day you can uh, ask like local guides about that or find in the internet or you can choose some routes for a few days and, and take a tent with you and sleep in the tent in the alpine zone it's nice yeah wow so Misha, I mean, you're right. The entire region has fantastic trekking and hiking. What would be some of the like top two or three of your favorite spots you would recommend? Uh, my top spot for hiking, uh, it's of course Arhiz area. Okay. It's there are more than seventy five lakes in the Alpine. Oh. Yeah. And it's beautiful landscapes, and uh, it's uh, beautiful weather as well there. Because the mountains mm-hmm. uh, around the village, and uh, they kind of uh, stop the uh, clouds, so the weather most time, most of the time they're amazing. And clear day, you can see a lot of like ranges, like mountains, peaks, and uh, and of course lakes. There, are right. blue, very cold, but you can swim there like for a couple couple seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Minutes, seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And you, what you're saying is a lot of these are even like half day or day hikes where you're not needing to do like a three to five day camping expedition where you carry everything in. You can drive to a parking spot and then hike in and hike out, right? Yeah, absolutely right. Also, you can uh, you can rent the horse with you. Ah. If you go for a few days and you don't want to... Uh, keep your huge uh, pack so you can rent the horse and horse will go with you and you will be on the horse or your will be on the horse great idea uh, that's awesome okay okay great man we're down to the number one i have no idea what it is i'm so excited uh it's it it's can looks uh not so extreme but uh believe me there's extreme as well. So the number one, that's a uh, off-road or jeeping. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Tell us about this. So I I do it for a few years, uh, like jeeping and off-road, an SUV uh, off-road, uh, because the most interesting, the most interesting places are difficult to access. So. Mm located in the in the gorgeous away from asphalt from cities and uh, uh, to see most of that place like mountain villages in Dagestan and uh, mountain villages called Aul Aul's in Kabardina Balkaria uh, observations point in, uh, of the Caucasian reach and uh, gorgeous waterfalls so uh, if you have local guide with uh, SUV you can you can drive so far so high and uh, also jeeping uh, goes well with hiking so you agreed to a possible age of the to the hike and then you start hiking right man that's great i'm glad you mentioned this because i think in the us jeeping has uh maybe everywhere but it has a certain association maybe even a stigma as something that you it's just rural it's out in the country and it's just for the sake of driving a big truck you know and and through the mud and but it's not i don't think of jeeping in the u.s and andrew if you you know 
tell me if you think it's different, but I don't think the emphasis is on getting to pristine and beautiful and amazing places quite as much. You know, it's more on like car culture. But to say jeeping, you know, in the North Caucasus, it's really about getting to some of the 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 jewels of the region and connecting in some of these remote places. Yep, absolutely. So you just you don't need to, sometimes you need to go just to some area, some place and you, you can't do it by you can't do it by your feet, but you will spend like a few weeks for it. And uh, <laughs> so you need yeah. you need to just SUV uh, and uh, not really go to the crazy places. Yeah. Just go to the uh, the village nearby, and it can it can be pretty extreme. It depends yep. on the driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. And there I, are lots of local drivers and companies that do that. Misha, we're going right. to we're going to definitely advertise your company here at the end. Yeah, for sure. Eli, I just looked through this list. In my lifetime, I have done 6 of them. Boom. Now, I've done 4 in the Caucasus. I think when I look at this list, the most extreme I've done for me was skiing down Mount Elbrus. Uh, now I went from the second level down, the second station down. So that's like 10,500 feet maybe or something like that. Yeah. But I am not an experienced skier. And that day, the weather was brutal. It was so foggy. (laughs) And Elbrus is not for beginners if if you want to ski. Arhiz is much better for beginners. But I made it down two times, but... Oh my goodness, that was so <laughs> that was so difficult for me. Made it down. That's all we need to know. That says it all right there. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Are these so Eli, would you add is there anything else in the region you know about you would add to this list? Even maybe from hearsay? We're talking about adventures. I mean, I do think the fishing one um is uh-huh. it, is something that could be added because it is it for my understanding it's going to be it's going to involve the hospitality getting to some remote places being on the water um i think it would be pretty adventurous especially for for visitors um that's one i, I might mention um there we we heard that there was a regatta um a sailing competition up at Kiznoyam Lake Kiznoyam so yeah, so I know that there is some sort of sailing culture. I haven't seen a lot of sailing on the Caspian Sea. I think it's more like <laughs> military <laughs> ships and tankers. <laughs> but um, to the extent that you do anything on the Caspian, it is a it's a rough little place. So I think um, I don't know that I would say that. Yeah, I don't really I don't really know what's out there. But uh, there is a marina in Mahachkala. Um, and it would be pretty exciting. But besides, yeah, that, uh, I think any any of these are going to get you out there. Yeah. You know. One other thing that I don't know if it's developed in the, in the Caucasus or not. I know in, I've seen it in Europe, Eastern and Western Europe, and it's called canyoning. And I wonder if anyone's doing this, Misha. This is basically going through a small canyon like climbing along but but it's sort of this interactive water sport and you put on a neoprene wetsuit and 
Um, you kind of scramble over rocks, slide down waterfalls, jump, you know, do small cliff jumps into pools, do some rope work sometimes. And it's just sort of this, this, this mix of going through the canyons. Is that at all uh, popular, Misha? Uh, yeah, this is what I mean. Uh, I haven't done that yet, but I heard that uh, in Adigea, there are extreme park there. And they, uh, uh-huh. for this kind of thing, like canyoning, they have a lot of okay. crazy things, and uh, yeah. including canyoning as well. And huh. I know that some places there are there are high ropes courses. I mean, you can find those all over the world, um, but I think that those are available too. And, you know, those are human-built courses up high in trees right. or on cliffs and... Um, you know, even this this zip lining that I saw a video of in uh, Hunzakh in Dagestan, the guy gets across the huge canyon and then he has a course that he has to climb up a cliff, which is studded with these rebar metal uh, ladder rungs, ah. and then there's and then there's a cable that you clip into, so you're protected from death <laughs> if you were to slip and fall. But uh, you, there's still some exposure. You know, you could you could knock your elbow on the rock or something. So, but it's more mental because you're on a cliff and and there's a huge drop off, even though you're clipped in. So that's part of you know, it's sort of a mix. It's part of the zip lining experience there. Yeah, I have two more to add that did not get mentioned. So I have a friend in Chechnya, a guide who does spelunking in caves. Wow. Yes. So I don't really know what the culture of that is in the North Caucasus, but he does it. So that's one. Uh, If you're interested in that, I can connect you to him. He's a good English speaker. Uh, And then the base jumping uh, club in Russia is in Ingushetia. Base jumping, obviously. Yes. Eli, can you describe this? You probably can do a better job than me. No, it's it's very simple. You just jump off of something wearing a parachute. Um, actually, do you have any idea what BASE stands for? This is a weird acronym that people are, use a lot, but they don't really know. No. Misha, any idea? BASE jumping stands for building, antenna, span, <laughs> earth. Anyway, there are just like four things that you can jump off of, span being a bridge. Um uh. So these are things that people like original base jumpers. It is a, a, I would say it's sort of outside of the realm of. It's at the top end of extreme sports. Yeah. There's also wing wing suiting, which is a form of base jumping where you jump off and you have you know your squirrel suit on and you go zooming at an angle at 100 right. miles an hour and then pull your shoe. It takes a lot of skill and it. Uh, I personally would not recommend those, but. Um, yeah, so base jumping is just going to a really high place, jumping it off, and pulling a, a parachute. Yeah. Yeah, I will, Man. I will add a couple more things. Uh, I, just, uh, I just remember it now. Uh, kite surfing and surfing. I saw the one guy, Ooh. Kaspian Sin, Dagestan, who is a, a Dagestan surfer, and he has... <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. He's, he is the Dagestani surfer. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a lot of uh, different equipment, like different boards and uh, kites, and the, he used it on the Caspian Sea. Awesome. Yeah, it's a rent and the trainings and everything like that. 
right, Misha, I have to ask you your professional opinion on this one question I have, because you mentioned jeeping. Yeah. And I'd like to know your opinion of the almighty Buhanka as an option <laughs> for jeeping or driving at all. <laughs> uh, uh, I would say that when you when you need to when you need to be in a certain place in the mountains and uh, you have buhanka buhanka hell can uh, bring you there that's amazing you i, I, I swear i've been in a couple times in the positions when i really need car in the one of my tourists almost uh, like in the water or something like that so we we won't right. help and it was buhanka around so we, wow. we we got this buhanka and only buhanka could drive there that mountain road okay but uh of course it's not the most comfortable uh type of car and uh i would prefer toyota <laughs> <laughs> yes me too. Yeah, you know, Misha, I like that you put off-roading and jeeping as number one. But now that I think about it, that's the thing I've done the most on this. Maybe with the exception of trekking or hiking, because to get to many of the beautiful places in the Caucasus, right. you have to drive on bad roads, yeah. and you need an off-road vehicle. And so I, I've kind of blanked it out in my mind how many times I've done that, like all the jostling and getting thrown around in the car. But I have done that in almost every republic in the Caucasus, actually. <laughs> yeah, and you can see in the locals, like it's the most popular type of car for locals. They use absolutely Russian Lada or kind of SUV like Toyota, yeah, yeah Land Cruiser, or yeah. something like that. Oh man, this was really awesome, Misha. Misha, and- what's your favorite extreme sport that you do? Oh, my favorite extreme sport is uh, surfing on the waves. Unfortunately, it's not so popular and not so a lot of places yeah. to do it. I I, I done it uh, in November 2020 in uh, Kaliningrad area, which is oh wow, yeah, which is northwest part of Russia. Wait, 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 wait sorry. In November, <laughs> what what body of water was this? The North Sea or something? Baltic Sea. The Baltic Sea. Okay, <laughs> not known for being very warm. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you must have been wearing thick neoprene, like a a bodysuit. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so basically, winter <laughs> surfing in the in the Baltic. Okay. Winter surfing. Um, That's amazing. Kamchat. <laughs> Beautiful for winter surfing, and uh, also in the Black Sea you can do. I'm not, um, not a big fan of winter surfing. I'm just fan of surfing, but in Russia you can do it only in the winter. <laughs> uh, Kamchatka is also known as uh, the other, like where Alaska reaches, like it goes across, yeah. and there over there is Kamchatka. So right near there. So that's also pretty cool. We we would be remiss to not mention Russian banya and doing polar plunges in the winter as a form Thank of you, Andrew. A, a Thank outdoor you. adventure in the North Caucasus. Most adventuresome. Uh, I'll let you guys know, I'm in the midst of uh, negotiations with my family. We have sort of a dacha, a family mountain place. And uh, I'm in the midst of, of negotiations of trying to persuade them that we should construct 
Abanya uh, <laughs> up in the mountains there because there is a mountain pond and it's beautiful and spring water and what could be better? So I'm just, they haven't all experienced it yet. So I'm trying to convince them. <laughs> I'll let you know what, what comes of it. Man, Misha, this was awesome. I really hope this becomes a resource for you listeners uh, if and when you do travel to the North Caucasus region. Misha, how can our listeners contact you if they would want to, especially really jeeping and off-roading is a lot of what you do, but if they would like to reach out to you to kind of tour around, join a group or bring a group to the Caucasus, how can they contact you? Uh, So I have a website. It's uh, uh, probably, it's better if we can put some link because it's not easy to pronounce that. It's MMDEM stores with uh, each... uh, like later, like M and yep. and M S tours. So it's one word. M and So not the not the rapper like M and M's tours, but the candy M and M's tours. M A N D M D U R S dot com. Got it. There you go. M and M S tours. Got it. Also, I have headphone with WhatsApp, and we have Instagram page. So wherever the way. It will be comfortable. We'll put yeah. all those links in the show notes uh, so listeners can find them really easily. Cool, cool. That's amazing. Oh, man. Misha, thank you for this. This is this is a great resource and really kind of advertisement for the North Caucasus. So thanks for doing this, putting it together. Thank you, guys. I just want to say a few words to the end to the, your listeners. Um, that Guys who listen to this podcast, you know, podcast uh russia is diverse and uh on the southwestern edge of russia between two seas there are caucasian mountains and you know this is unique world unlike the rest of the russia and unlike uh any other place in the world and here you will find a beautiful nature rare interesting traditional lifestyle friendliness and hospitality of local people so wow uh, please come and see. That's a beautiful. Andrew, I think he just answered our, our final interview question. What's, <laughs> what's one thing you want to say to the world about the Caucasus? That That's it. Nailed it, man. Beautiful. Yep. Uh, well, I'm hooked all over again. Yeah. Misha, my, my only parting word of advice, um, given the conversation with Masha, which will not be mentioned. Um, <laughs> take advantage. Your days of extreme sports may be limited or at least, you know, getting a little constricted. It's good. It's part of, but I just, you know, take advantage of the time you have um, for what it is. <laughs> that was so, uh, so gloomy. Cryptic. Yeah. Cryptic, Eli. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, that, that's true. Right words, and you know, before before I married her, she she done like that's base jumping, rope jumping, parachute <sighs> stuff, and a lot of different crazy things. So now she just uh, uh, do paragliding, and it's kind of you know, it's a sit, <laughs> almost sitting at home. <laughs> yeah, almost sitting at home. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, any visitors who come will be in good hands with you guys. That is clear. Okay, thank yeah, you. Man. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, Misha. Listeners, uh, we hope this is a great resource for you. Check out, there's going to be YouTube videos, Instagram links, 
uh, in the show notes. And we will see you maybe in the air, maybe in the snow, uh, in the maybe, water. maybe doing something extreme in the Caucasus when you get here. <laughs>